Hold on. There we go. Uh, so, welcome City Light. What's good, everybody? Um, if you, you know, didn't see Kristen's Instagram post about my, my son, his eyebrows just text me and I can inform you. Greatest picture of your life. Uh, but today and over the next few weeks, we're going to try to take this Monday night time. Uh, we will still um, try to lock you guys in on, you know, announcements, what's coming up, try to give clarity on all that. But since uh, quarantine life has turned from like a crisis moment to kind of like this is just life for as, as long as we know, as far as we know it, um, we're kind of switching from uh, the crisis type of response to just like, okay, how do we in the midst of this life kind of make the best of it and uh and live according to god's plan and be city light and all the things he's asked us to do uh in the midst of this present time so i've been going back a lot to the original little strategy uh flow chart that we created with the circles and the reach restore repeat um just to think about man this is our essence if we are these kind of people uh, how does that play out in quarantine so um so what, the next four weeks, we're going to have talks that are under this theme of isolated but invigorated, all right? So isolated but invigorated. Uh, I think it might help. Whoa, uh, I'm in the sun. Uh, the sun is shining. My producer over here is, is shining, shining the sun on my face. Do I look like an angel now? <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, producer. Very, very wonderful. Yeah, very good at, good at your job. Um. So uh, isolated, but invigorated. So obviously the idea behind that is for us to flourish in this time and just for us to think through uh, principles of life that are going to help us flourish. So uh, that's going to be the theme of the next four weeks, isolated, but invigorated, even though we are quarantined and apart and somewhat isolated uh, in our day-to-day -day routine, uh, we can still be invigorated. We can still flourish. Uh, one of the things I've been thinking about is for us to come out of this on the other side, whatever that is, whenever that is, uh, with zeal, that we would be not beat down, but that we would be ready for the next battle for whatever it is to come for saving souls and doing the work of the Lord, uh, that we would be excited to serve and do all the things that God uh, calls us to do so that instead of it being like, okay, we're out of quarantine and now we can kind of try to get our bearings back uh, i would love to be able um for us to hit the ground running or maybe better better yet said to keep running uh as we're doing now since a ton of you are already serving and kind of keeping the action going in the best ways that we can so uh isolated button i'm just laughing at my beautiful producer wife over here just adjusting things um can you guys see me clearer now this is this is better uh so I am recording. Yeah. Isolated, but invigorated. Um, so what we're going to take four different big buckets. Okay. For the next four weeks, the big buckets are number one, your personal spiritual development. So what is just a, a simple short talk and practice on that? Number two is your biblical and theological development. So what theme of scripture can we train you in and just give you something to think about and learn about a little bit more? The third is your servant leader development. So what uh, particularly leadership skills, but thinking about it from a servant point of view as a servant leader. Uh, how can we develop that more in us? And then the last one is just your practical ministry development, uh, some practical kind of ministry tips for ways to do things, uh, particularly that apply in a variety of ministry settings 
Um, so, and some of that will probably specify as well. And we're working on some of that, that content. So, uh, those are the four buckets for the next four weeks. And I'm going to do like a 15 to 20 minute short thing on that. Uh, and then I would love to have some discussion around it. So as I'm talking, just be thinking about what might stand out, what might be fruitful for the group to discuss and pray through. Uh, how does this apply to kind of your present situation? Because quarantine is um, a similar experience at some level, but also so different based off your job, based off your family, based off your housing, based off all that stuff. Uh, and so our, our situations are somewhat similar, but also so different. So it'd be worth sharing. So uh, the session one tonight for your personal spiritual development. So this is your personal spiritual bucket. Uh, when you just think, man, how can I, in this season of life, in this isolation and be invigorated to grow spiritually with the Lord. Uh, how can I think through that? How can I take a couple steps to do that? Uh, and, uh, and maybe practice and apply some things that I can take outside of quarantine and apply in a more regular life situation. Uh, so let me give you this quote. It's from a book. Uh, some of the guys have already read this with me, but it's called practicing the presence of God. Uh, it's worth getting. It's by Frank Laubach. And um, here's a quote. I remember it's from page 13, just because I this quote really wrecked me a long time ago. It says this. It says, I have tasted a thrill in fellowship with God, which has made anything discordant with God disgusting. It says, this afternoon, the possession of God has caught me up with such sheer joy that I thought I'd never known anything like it. God was so close and so amazingly lovely that I felt like melting all over with the strange, blissful contentment. Having had this experience, which comes to me now several times a week, here's the sentence, the thrill of the thrill of felt repels me because I know it's power to drag me from God. So it's that first sentence. I've tasted a thrill and fellowship with God that makes anything discordant with God or i.e. sin disgusting because now the thrill of God is stronger than the thrill of uh, filth. And so the, the key, the thing in that, first of all, is I never heard anybody talk about the relationship with God as being a thrill until I read this book, never, that never, never, never had anybody use that word thrill to describe their relationship with God. And so I was really captivated by that. Uh, but then also by thinking through this idea that it's really when God becomes more thrilling to me, the thrill of sin loses its power so that it's really at the root of it, a desire battle, not a discipline battle. The, the way for us to grow spiritually is a really rooted in how can we increase how can we join God in increasing our desire for God? Because when we really see God and, and find a thrill in him, then what used to look shiny or more or tempting isn't so much anymore because I have, I have seen something better. And so, so often what we're doing when we choose to sin is we're just making a value judgment and we're saying that's worth it or that's worth whatever consequence I have to pay or whatever. We're just, you value it uh, and we'll value sin and the thrill it brings a lot less when we have valued God appropriately and experienced the thrill of God. So, uh, and it really is just in my personal testimony, the way that I have moved forward with the Lord has really been by pursuing this. So today's session is called the fight for delight. So your personal spiritual development, obviously there's a ton of things we could talk about and maybe we'll do a lot of these in the future, but just one angle for today is the fight for delight. So if you want to write that down, the fight for delight, uh, I think this is so important, especially because uh, feelings aren't everything, but feelings are very important. 
The, the Bible is full of commands to have certain feelings towards God, but feelings don't just come that natural. They don't just happen. You know, you don't just all of a sudden wake up and desire God um, without kind of following God's way to get there. So it's a fight and it's a battle. And I think that first principle that you have to fight to delight is something we all need to understand that if I really want that end result, which is this great relationship with the Lord and this great affection for him that to have such a desire for God that the things of this world, Reno's like, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. The things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That's a hymn we sing to our kids all the time. And it's so true. The more I see Jesus rightly, the, the more I see sin rightly, which is like not worth it. So the fight for delight. So getting to a place where we delight in God requires a fight. It requires effort. It requires God's way and obviously empowered by God's spirit. Uh, and so this is something that I think is so important in the Christian life. And I think if every one of you could grab hold of this and then teach that to someone else and city light could be a place where people really delight in the Lord and it comes because they put in the work and the effort that God has laid out, uh, to, so he could blow his spirit on for them to get there. And that if we were all doing this together, you would be surprised at the amount of victory you would have in your personal life spiritually, simply by experiencing a greater delight in Jesus. It's like holiness is a byproduct of this. So as opposed to like just focusing on saying no to bad things and trying to be disciplined, uh, which obviously is important. Um, there's this reality that, man, if the more I say yes to Jesus, the more I'm going to say no to, to other things. So I want to learn to say yes to Jesus more. So personal spiritual development, that's the bucket today. Fight for delight is the name of the session. Let me give you five verses that I've memorized. Some of you who know me long enough know probably most of these uh, that I have memorized to help me in this battle. There's probably been, I've probably known these for 10 years now or so. Um, it's only five and they're all very short, but they have helped um, convince me that God really is where I find joy and delight that he's worth my pursuit. So Psalm 16, 11, if anybody knows me and you don't know this, I have failed you miserably. But Psalm 1611, in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. There's a first part of it too, I left that out, it says, you have made known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 1611, John 1511, Jesus talking to his disciples, this is after the abide in me section. And then he summarizes his whole teaching with them by saying this, I have spoken these things that my joy might be in you and that your joy might be full. So Jesus' summary of all his teaching to his disciples is that they would experience the very joy that Jesus owns and has in and of himself, which is incredible. Psalm 4-7 says, you have put more joy in my heart than they have when their wine and grain abound. Very simple 2020 of that. Do you have put more joy in my heart than they have when their party is lit? You know what I'm saying? That is, this is the 2020 version. They have an awesome party and the experience of all the worldly things that would make a party feel great in the moment. And then uh, the psalmist looks at that and says, you know what, that might look shiny, but I've actually experienced more joy with you. So that, that is less, that's less tempting now. I don't need that because Jesus gives me more than that. And I love that because so, so often we fight this weird, like God gives you eternal stuff, but the world gives you temporary stuff. So you just need to think about the eternal stuff, which in some level is true. But what we forget is that God's temporary is also better than sin's temporary. It's not like sin wins the temporary pleasure battle where, well, of course, it's more tempting. God can't give you that in the temporary. God just does the eternal. No, uh, God provides now better, better things uh, than sin provides now, right now, in the, in the three seconds, in the 10 seconds, in the 50 minutes, in the hours long. 
whether it's five minutes or eternity, God always provides something better. And knowing the Lord and being with him is always better. So Psalm 4, 7, great for all your partying friends or whatever. All right. Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know this, blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Psalm 34, 8, taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed are those who take refuge in him. I love this verse simply because it's such a high priority on the fact that you can taste the Lord that you can experience him, you know, that you can, you can know him in that kind of way. It's like tasting is a very experiential thing. It's not just know the Lord, like over there. It's like, taste him, you know, eat the steak. It's like, you need to experience it yourself. So that's a goal is that you ought to pursue an experience of the Lord. So taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed are those who take refuge in him. Psalm 73, 28 says, as for me, it is good to be near to God. So those five verses, Psalm 16, 11, uh, John 15, 11, Psalm 4, 7, Psalm 34, 8, and Psalm 73, 28, as for me, it is good to be near to God. That's a great verse to remind you why you need to wake up and spend time with Jesus or when you don't feel like it. So it's like, man, I don't really want to do this. But as for me, it is good to be near to God. That's a good thing. So I'm going to be reminded of that. And in faith, I'm going to take a step towards that. So those five verses. Now, obviously there's a ton more, but I'm telling you, if you take something like that, something that's so important about scripture memorization is that it's not just so that you have a tool. Sometimes we sell scripture memorization, like you have a tool in your tool belt that you can use to like fight some battle or to share or whatever, a share as a word of testimony, or whatever. Those things are great, obviously. But one of the things we forget about scripture memorization is that it makes your heart believe things your head knows. I know God is to, I know I should delight in God, right? And probably nobody on this Zoom is going to argue with me like, no, you shouldn't do that. You know, you know that, you know that God is pleasurable. You know that God is better. Like nobody's going to, be, nobody's going to argue and say, no, God's not better. Not in the Zoom call at least, you know, no, none of y'all going to do that. So what's the issue? Well, some, there's some disconnect sometimes between our head and our heart. So what scripture memory does is in a unique supernatural way it takes things that you know and helps you feel them it helps you experience them it helps you believe them with more fuller conviction so anyways those five verses memorizing them it's been 10 at least 10 years now uh not only can i share them which is helpful but it's helped me actually believe that so it's all, i actually believe psalm 1611 and it affects my decisions like yeah it is to the presence of god is good and it's where my joy is so it creates this pursuit of it uh, which is so important and vital for us. So those five verses I have found helpful. Uh, find your own. If those five, you know, those are great. But if you know some other, there's a ton of verses about joy, about delighting in the Lord. That's not just five of them. It's just the five I use. Find some, find two, find three, memorize it, put it in your heart, fight for delight. Okay, so memorize scripture as a way to fight for delight. Now I just have two simple things and then we'll talk about whatever the Lord's kind of revealing to you that might be helpful. Uh, two simple points. You write these down. Get closer. That's number one. And stay longer. That's number two. That's it. How do I fight for delight? Well, number one, I get closer. And number two, I stay longer. So the first, number one, get closer. Uh, why do we get closer? We get closer so we can see better. This is so important. I hope you, so important. If I'm going to fight for delight, I'm going to get closer so I can see better. I want to see better. And so Psalm 1611, once again, if that's really true and we believe it, why are we not experiencing it like that? Like, why is that fullness of joy in his presence, pleasures forevermore? Man, that's where it's at. That's where my whole life is found. That's where I find. Why is it not fully experienced like that? Well, I think it's because sometimes we're not close enough. So uh, for those of you that are listening, last Thursday night, we had our prayer and worship. And sometimes when, which is once again, so important to just engage with the Lord because he'll reveal things to you, you know, that are based off the scriptures. 
uh, we were in prayer and worship and I was talking about hungering for God. And this thought came to my mind. I hadn't like pre-planned this thought about um, like the difference between having courtside seats and nosebleed seats and how different of an experience that gives you. So if I'm sitting courtside, all of a sudden the players are bigger, the game is faster. I'm more amazed at how good they are. Like the whole experience, everything's more exciting. It's, it's, it's crazy. And even though the same reality is happening, my perspective would be different on the nosebleed. So when I'm up high, players don't look as big, you know, 6'10", just sounds like 6'10", but when I see 6'10 in person, it's like, oh, wow, that's really tall. Uh, when I see people jump like that in person, it's like, oh, wow. When I see the, when I see how good they are, it's like, oh, wow. But when I'm up high, I still believe it because I see it. I'm not going to say that that's not happening, but its effect on me is different, even though the reality is still the same. And it's because I'm not close enough. And so, so often I think we do this with God is we know the, the truth and the facts, but because it's kind of so far away from us for whatever reason, because we're not prioritizing it with time or with our attention or focus or anything like that, uh, is that it's true, but it's like over there. And so the impact now that it has on me, the things that I know isn't the same. Once again, right? I know the players are tall. I know that they're fast. I know they're really good at what they do. I know that. I can see that from the nosebleeds. But when I get courtside, I know it in a completely different way. It's an experience that will change how I felt about it. It's an experience that will probably change how I leave. It's an experience that will change how I view other people when I'm walking around and what I think tall and not tall is. It changes everything about it depending on how close I am. And so this is, uh, I love, uh, I've heard Francis Chan say that you're as close to God as you want to be right now. That's it. You're just as close to God as you want to be. This is a choice and it's like you're as close as you want to be. So however you feel about your relationship with God, you're as close as you want to be. And the, the Bible says in James 4, that if I draw near to God, God will draw near to me. So if I get closer, if I pursue getting closer to him, the response from the Lord is getting closer to me, is revealing himself more to me. And what does it mean for God to draw closer to me? And what does it mean like physically he's going to like, he's living in me. That's as close as you can get. What does it mean is that he's going to reveal himself more to me. He's going to express himself. I'm going to see more. I'm going to understand more. So the reason I get closer is so I can see better. That's the reason. That's the only reason. I get courtside so I can see things more clearly. When I see things more clearly, I respond appropriately. And so for so many of us, if I'm going to fight for delight, I just got to get closer. I got to be in the word. I got to be in prayer. I got to be talking about Jesus with other people who love Jesus. I need to put myself in environments of prayer and worship with other believers or whatever. I need to prioritize these things as much as I can in any way I can, uh, whether it's on a run or on a commute or whatever. You know, it's not just like, hey, man, how can I get that one hour of like silent devotions quiet at a table somewhere with a cup of coffee. That's not the goal. That's fine, but that's not the goal. It's how can I pursue getting closer to the Lord in every moment? And that's what the book Pricing His Presence is all about, which I think is hopeful. So we need to get closer so we can see better because when we see God rightly, Psalm 1611, John 1511, Psalm 47, Psalm 34, 8, uh, all of those things come to life and I believe it and it changes my decisions. So my delight increases in the Lord my experience of that increases because he's drawing near to me and I'm seeing who he is, right? So if I really see God for being beautiful and as glorious as he is, nothing can match that, nothing. So if I'm seeing it, then everything else I see is like, nope, 
that ain't God. That ain't nothing like God. So I'll take God over that because I've seen God more clearly. So you got to get closer to see him more clearly. Now, the beautiful thing is obviously in the gospel, God has given us full access to himself in Jesus. It's not like God is withholding stuff. He's like ready and willing with open arms as our father uh, to pursue us and to love us and to open and reveal himself to us. Um, and so if we pursue that, James 4, if you draw near to God, God will draw near to you. So um, the closer we get, uh, the more we're going to see. And the more we see, the more we're going to love. And it's going to increase our delight. And so for many of you, I know how this is, right? We grow up in church. We learn about Jesus a lot. And so obviously we would never say we know all there is to know. But there's a sense in which, like, I know Jesus is good. So how much more can I learn about that? And the answer is a million bazillion more things to learn about the fact that Jesus is good. All of eternity will be him unveiling his goodness to you in new and fresh ways. You'll be like, oh, that's amazing, you know? So there's an infinite more of, of God to learn and to enjoy. And so if you've grown up in church and sometimes there's just that like contentment, like I know I could learn maybe how to do things differently, but I kind of know the characteristics of God. Well, you don't, neither do I. And so we really need to jump into that because God could reveal so much more about himself to us. And that would change our behavior. It would change our experience of him. It would change our level of delight. So uh, questions for you to write down. Maybe you can answer. We're about done. What does it look like to, to draw near to God in quarantine? And how could you start rhythms that might continue afterward? So what does it look like to get closer? If you're going to take that theme of getting courtside to God, what would that look like to you? So if I'm going to get courtside, I need to go buy courtside tickets. I need to have somebody that has them. I need to sneak down to courtside. I need to find a way. There's multiple ways for me to get courtside. So when you think about how can I get courtside with God? Well, he's given you lots of different ways to do that through the scriptures, through prayer, through other believers, through church, through environments like that, uh, through sharing the gospel, through obedience, right? When I go serve, there's that's, that's courtside access to God's presence. He says, go and make disciples, I'll be with you. So when I share the gospel, I get courtside access to God's presence. It's actually more, I probably sense the Lord's nearness to me more when I'm like somewhere on a basketball court or on a trail or something sharing the gospel with some stranger than I do sometimes in environments where you would think, you know, where you're worshiping or something you're singing. So there's access in all sorts of ways, scripturally, to the presence of the Lord. So what rhythms um, would help you draw near to God now in your life? How can you fight for delight? How can you be invigorated in this time of isolation and really create rhythms that'll help you get closer to God, see him better? Okay, so that's get closer. The second one is much shorter, it's stay longer. So get closer and stay longer. Get closer and stay longer. This is how you fight for delight. So stay longer. Uh, I have a good friend who uses this illustration. I've shared it with some of you, I think, uh, about how it takes a train about a mile and a half, maybe about 15 minutes to stop before it actually stops. You hit the brakes and it takes it about 15 minutes to actually stop. I think that's right, if I'm getting it right. Uh, and his point always with that illustration is that uh, we're the same way. So that so often what we do, you know, we give the Lord 10 minutes of devotional time, but we haven't even given him enough time for us to stop. We're so busy and frantic that as soon as we try to like sit down in the presence of the Lord and be with him, uh, we get out before we even have settled in. And that's where we miss like all that God might do because we haven't even gotten to the point where we can be still and know that I am God. You can't just like all of a sudden sit in a chair, you know, work, 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 wake up, whatever. Just get in a chair and be like, okay, Lord, you know, like I'm still and I'm ready. No, of course you're not. Neither am I. It takes, it takes a little time. And what I've noticed practically for myself 
is that first 10 to 15 minutes, honestly, is just kind of rough. And I just have to press through it. And then there's something, I don't know what happens, but there's something that unlocks the more time that I give. And if I, if I quit after five, 10 minutes, obviously the word is powerful and I'll have gotten something from it, praise God, but I won't have gotten everything that God would want me to get in that moment. I will have missed so many things that God had for me because I gave up too fast. So you have to stay longer. Now, once again, I have four kids at home. I get what it's, whatever, all the different reasons why it's difficult to do that. I understand. Uh, but there's different ways to stay longer. So whether it's once again, on your run, you spend all your time in your car or you are at home and you can do that. Just stay longer. Just press in past the frustration, past the I'm not getting it, past the I'm bored feelings, past the I've already done this check. Just got to stay longer. As soon as you feel like dipping out, don't. Just take that first instinct, throw it away and say, Lord, I'm going to learn to stay longer. I'm going to get closer. I'm going to stay longer. Another way to think about this, I use another sports analogy real quick. Uh, for those of you that are following along with those, is that it's so many times, and this is hilarious when they'll show this, when fans leave a game because their team is losing so bad, only to miss their team make a historical amazing comeback later. All right. So like your team's losing real bad, like Patriots down to the Falcons, 28-3. People just think it's over. Okay. And they're gone. This happens in college football all the time. All right. People trying to beat traffic. You're down 34 points, whatever. And you think it's over. And when they leave, something amazing happens and they miss the most incredible, incredible moment and the most incredible comeback in the history of sports. And they didn't even get to see it because they didn't stay past that initial point of disappointment and frustration. And so once again, I think the same thing we could think about with us in terms of uh, we, we get in time with the Lord or whatever. We initially get maybe a little frustrated. Maybe it's not what we expected. There's no profound moment. I'm not getting goosebumps. I'm, you know, whatever. Nothing's happening that I would want to happen. Uh, so I quit and I say, well, I'll just get back to it later. When what all along, uh, all we needed to do was press through. And that on the other side, the Lord was really wanting to and ready to reveal some things to us and to kind of uh, open our hearts to him and to show us himself so we could see him more clearly. So, so often I think one of the main tricks uh, the devil will use is for us to give the Lord just a little bit of time so that our conscience doesn't feel bad, but not enough time to actually grow. We'll give the Lord enough time so that we don't, we don't feel too guilty. You know, it's like, I know I should do better, but at least something. Uh, but we don't give him enough time to actually be transformed, to actually really, really grow in ways that would defeat sin, in ways that would make me more bold, in ways that would make me more holy, in ways that would make me more content, in ways that would make me more at peace, in ways that would make me long for him more, all those things. So we give the Lord just enough time not to feel too guilty, but not enough time to actually flourish and grow. And once again, you have to understand this looks different at every life stage. There's been some life stages, right, where I can just sit down and just like as much time as I want. Ain't nobody going to bother me. This is not one of those life stages. So I have to find other ways to do that. And some of you have this and this and that. So find it. Find whatever rhythm works for you. I think one of the benefits of quarantine is that for most of us, all our excuses have been demolished, right? I'm too busy this. I'm too busy that. And then we get quarantined and we're like, I still don't want to do it. You know, I, all my excuses are gone, but I still don't want to do it. So what I've realized is my heart's the problem. My heart is the problem, not my schedule, not my busyness, not my job, not my kids. None of that's the problem. My heart is the problem. And I think God has used quarantine to reveal that to us so that those of us that are honest with ourselves are like, well, if I'm being honest, I don't, 
I have a little more time, a little more space, and I still don't want to. So there's something wrong in my heart. So let me deal with that before the Lord. And once again, remember, that's a good thing. That's a gift from the Lord to see that, to be able to repent because the kindness of the Lord leads you to repentance. It's God's kindness that leads you to think that way and that you have a chance to kind of learn and grow from that. So get closer, stay longer, stay longer, stay longer. I'm just telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you'll be so surprised by the things the Lord will do in your heart if you just give him a little more time, a little more time, a little more time, a little more time, and the Lord will really grow. And that's once again, the fight. That's the fight for delight. So how do I fight for delight? Well, I find any way possible to get closer. And now I'm thinking quarantine. What does it look like to draw closer to the Lord? Draw near to the Lord. He'll draw near to me in quarantine. And then what does it look like to stay longer and to fight for delight? to stay longer, to taste the Lord, to be there. So the question for you and for you to write down is how can I stay longer during quarantine and how can that be a rhythm I could keep up outside of quarantine? So in my newfound schedule, what does it look like to stay longer? Now, if you don't answer that question, you won't progress. So you need to actually think about that and something practical. You need to write it down, talk to whoever you can talk to to flesh that out. How can I get closer? So what does it look like to get closer? What are all the access points God has given me to his presence? What does it look like to take those access points and get closer throughout my day? And then what does it look like to stay longer? When do I usually give up? What kind of things do I need to push through? to How can I fight for delight? So that is our, our theme today. Fight for delight. Get closer. Stay longer. Take those five verses or pick your own. Memorize them. Uh, let's grow closer to the Lord together and use quarantine to be invigorated and not just us. And uh, my. But, all right. So, with that in mind, I would love to hear from you guys then. Um,